0: Praise Thee, Lord, for Thy great plan, that
1: we Thy dwelling place may be. Thou live us, we fill with Thee, Thou in the Son
2: spread thy. peace.
1: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witnessly Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is not narrow sectarianism, but the body of Christ. Through his messages in these life studies, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts and we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll-free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. We're here again today with Ron Kangas. Ron, thanks for being here to fellowship more about Genesis.
2: I'm happy to be here once again.
1: Our Life Study today is dealing with progress in answering God's calling. A central item in God's call to Abraham was the necessity for him to cross a river. I wonder if you would briefly explain what this means.
2: The explanation uh, should take into account both the literal and the spiritual significance of this. Literally, Abraham had to cross a great river in order to go from one realm, the land of Chaldea, into the realm, the good land, into which God was calling him. Spiritually speaking, this points to the reality of the experience of baptism. Elsewhere in the scriptures, when God's people were to go from one realm to another, they passed through water. Noah passed through water to get into the realm of God's new creation. The children of Israel pass through the water of the Red Sea and again through the water of the Jordan. All of these may be understood, and rightly, as types of baptism. When God calls us, we begin in an old, fallen realm. God wants to bring us out of that realm into a realm where Christ is everything to us. In order to make this transition by the Lord's grace, we need, so to speak, to cross a river. We need to pass through water, which spiritually signifies death and resurrection. So, in summary, Abraham's crossing the river indicates our need to go through death and resurrection in Christ signified by baptism, in order to be transferred out of the realm of the old creation into the realm of God's new creation. On the one hand, this happens once for all when we are baptized into Christ. On the other hand, in our experience, we may from time to time meet a river a river in our experience which we need to cross in order to enter into something altogether new of God's move on earth for the fulfillment of his eternal economy.
1: Thank you for that introduction. Let's join Witness Lee now with today's life study from Genesis.
0: First of all, I have to point out the main thing in these two portions of the word. Genesis 11, 12, And Acts 7, we all have to see that the God of glory came to Abraham twice. God did not only come to Abraham once for all. No, he came to him once. Then later on, he came to him again. Because Acts 7 says... God appeared to Abraham before he dwelt at Herod. While Abraham was still in Mesopotamia, that means while he was still living in the area of Chaldee, that is the place where Abraham was originally. God appeared to him. Then Genesis 12 says that after Abraham dwelt in Herod for some time. That means even after his father died at Haran, God appeared to him. You see, in different places. Firstly, at Ur of Chalde, And then at Haran. Two places. Now, Why God needed to appear to Abraham for his calling twice. Does God need something to repeat? No. God doesn't need something to repeat. But Abraham needed. Telling the truth, I cannot believe there could be one. That only God, God's calling once. Then you cross the river. I don't believe so. I don't believe so. In other words, no one among us has ever answered God's calling without dragging through the mud and water. No one has a clear-cut answer to God's calling. But listen to this. After much study of eggs with Genesis, I fully realized and believe. After Abraham, God called him, he was young. So he went to his father, to his relatives, and told them that how God appeared to him and how God asked him. To get himself out of the country. And out of the kindred. He didn't have the boldness to do it. He didn't have. And I do believe. His brother Herod. Was opposing to this. In brief. God waited for a little while. Maybe for a certain period. Abraham would still not take an action. So that caused God to take away the opposing brother. Aaron died. And the death of Herod, he was the eldest son of the father Terry. And that became a warning to the father. Anyhow, he, the father, took Abraham and all his relatives. The son, the daughter-in-law, the grandson, even the whole family, he talked.
1: Ron, we have a lot of parallels in our examination of Abraham and his experience dealing with God's calling. And One of the striking ones in this portion is how God's calling is often repeated. Would you say something about this for our listeners?
2: Abraham signifies the experience of a called one. Jacob typifies the chosen one. So, in eternity past, God in Christ chose us. Then, at a certain point in time, through the preaching of the gospel, he comes to us to call us to himself. Now, God's decision is set, and his will is fixed, and the outcome, from the standpoint of eternity, is certain. But on the human side, there's weakness, there's hesitancy, there's delay, maybe even lethargy in responding to God. Abraham did respond to God's calling, but he did not respond unreservedly. He did not respond absolutely. So God appeared a number of times to reiterate the same calling in order to elicit from Abraham the appropriate response. God's calling, therefore, is singular. But in order to work out His calling with us, weak and frail and fragile human beings, God, in His infinite mercy, comes again and again To call us, to encourage us, to follow him, to carry out his eternal purpose. So the repeated calling of God is a wonderful testimony of the far-reaching mercy and grace of God extended to us in our weakness, even our capacity to respond to God in his calling is absolutely a matter of his sovereign mercy and grace.
1: Let's rejoin Witness Lee for today's life study from Genesis.
0: Well, they got the calling, and the father took the whole family and went northward. You look at the map, they went along the river. I do believe while they were traveling, they were considering, what should we do? Crossing the river? How to do it? Look at the map, at least about 600 miles. In the ancient way, it would take people 15 to 18 days from earth to get to Herod. A long journey. They took such a long journey, but they never crossed the river. ha! Uh-huh. Would you laugh at him? How about yourself? All the time dragging, 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 dragging. You've been all the time dragging along the river, but you have never crossed the river. You may say, Praise the Lord, I am no more in air. Right? You are no longer in air, but uh, you are still on the other side of the river. I do believe among us many have experienced the same thing but poor Abraham probably I am the only one and the first one to say poor Abraham you know Abraham has been exalted to the sixth heaven <laughs> oh this Abraham oh he's so high I tell you he's not so high he was as low as you are today God came to him he had no wholeness. To take any action. You see. Even the big brother. Died. Still he would not take the action. But the father. And she followed. He wouldn't. Answer God's calling. In a strong. And clean cut way. Then. After the whole family. Dwelled at Haran. For some time. God said. Uh huh. Now, I have to do something. I have to take away not only the big brother, the firstborn son, but the father. I tell you, the answer of Abraham to God's calling caused two deaths. The first death was the death of his big brother. And the second one was the death of his father. Abraham took two steps. Every step was caused by the death of a relative. Every time God came, he came in a more severe way than the first time. Anyhow, Abraham answered God's second calling, but still not in a clear-cut way. Not in a clean-cut way, still dragging. Listen this. He not only brought the wife, the princess, with him. He also brought his nephew, Lot, one of his father's family. Abraham, didn't you hear that God told you to get out of your father's house? Why are you still bring one member of your father's house? Here, I have to say where. Today, with the poor and shallow preaching among the Christians, all got the impression, Oh, once I believed in the Lord Jesus, I got saved. I got out of the hell and I will be in heaven. Well, in a sense, this is right. But this is too shallow. We all have to know, to be saved is to be called. To be saved is not just to be forgiven of your sins, then you are out of the hell and you are ready and you are qualified to go in heaven. That is the shallow religion's preaching. To be saved is to be called and to take a journey. To be saved is to take a course. You had to walk the way. And even you have to run the race.
1: Ron, I know in principle that we should never be encouraged by someone else's failure. But somehow Abraham's weaknesses do seem strangely encouraging to us. Would you comment on this?
2: According to the scriptural testimony and evaluation of his living and response to God. It is not uncommon for well-meaning Bible expositors and preachers to present Bible figures such as Abraham as so-called heroes of the faith, spiritual giants. On the one hand, these presentations may inspire us and encourage us. On the other hand, they may have the effect of actually demoralizing us because we figure that we, common believers, cannot be heroes. Again, I say we respect, we honor Abraham. But actually, according to the record in the pure Word of God, he was not a hero. He began as an idol worshiper, the God of glory appeared to him. Abraham believed not because of his innate ability to believe but believed because he received faith as a gift granted to him. Abraham did not bolt out of Ur the Chaldees, running, pursuing the Lord, absolutely. There was some balking, some hesitating, in a sense, some compromising. So God appeared again and again to him. Of course, the Lord prevailed in Abraham. And Abraham believed God, and he was justified. And Abraham eventually received the promise, Isaac. And Abraham eventually offered Isaac in obedience to God. We respect this very much. But Abraham did this not as a great hero. Really, we don't need great heroes as patterns. Those that are patterns to us are sinners, saved by grace, and gained by God in his mercy. And their lives as patterns show us that God's mercy and grace can do the same in us as he did to Abraham.
1: Thank you, Ron. Let's join Witness Lee now for the conclusion of today's life study.
2: To
0: be saved, uh, to get on a journey, to hit the goal. To be saved, Is to be saved with a purpose. Not your purpose, but God's purpose. God came to call Abraham with a purpose. Not only to save him. To be saved is to be called to fulfill God's purpose. I heard many messages of gospel preaching. I never heard one preaching with a purpose. Yes, they told us the purple, The purple is to go to heaven. That's all. Right. And some told us a little more to have a happy life. Are you going to be happy? You got to believe in Christ. Once you believe in Christ, He will fill you with His joy. You will be a rejoicing person. Listen to this. God came in to call Abraham... Not with a purpose for him to be saved. Not with a purpose for him to be full of joy. But with a purpose to fulfill God's plan. God came in to call Abraham to fulfill God's plan. Today, brothers, we all have to hear this calling. God has a plan. God has a purpose. God has a good land for you to enter in. The good land with Abraham was Canaan. But the good land today with us is number one, Christ. Number two, the church. Number three, the kingdom. To be saved is to be called to fulfill God's purpose. To be saved is to get yourself out of so many negative situations that you may enter into God's goal. And God's goal is number one, the Christ. Hallelujah. Today, we are in Christ. We are in the enjoyment of Christ. And this is God's goal land to us. God's goal is all the church. Years, years ago. I never got to know that the church is also, in a sense, the good land of Canaan. Not only Christ, but also the church. Right. The church is the good land of Canaan. Right. That's right. And the kingdom. And the Sabbath rest. And God's New Testament economy. All these are the good land to us today. Amen. Oh, Lord hey, that's Jesus. That's right. Jesus. Brothers and sisters, are you today in the good land of Canaan? What do you mean? That you mean we are now in Christ. We are now in the riches of Christ, in the enjoyment of Christ. And we are now right in the church life.
1: And we are now
0: right in God's New Testament, New Covenant Dispensation. And now we are in God's economy. We are here in the good land.
1: Ron, would you explain further how Abraham's experience shows us that we are saved not just for the sake of our salvation, but in order to fulfill God's eternal purpose.
2: This point is crucial. According to the divine revelation in the scriptures, God has an eternal purpose. Man fell away from God. Man stands in dire need of the salvation of God. So God in Christ has provided a full salvation so that... We can be brought back to God for the fulfillment of His original purpose. I have to testify that I was a Christian for a good number of years, saved with the security and assurance of salvation, but still very much wondering what is the purpose of it all. According to the Scriptures, we are saved not primarily for our personal benefit. And we surely are saved not for the going to a so-called heavenly mansion. We are saved so that we may be brought back to God for his purpose. In Abraham's case, this is indicated by his being saved to be brought into the good land and to become a the father of a multitude living in this good land. This good land is a type of the all-inclusive Christ. And the living corporately in this good land is a picture of the church life. And living corporately in this good land under the rule of God is a picture of the kingdom life. So in brief, we may say, we are not saved for ourselves. We are saved for God and for God's purpose. And this purpose has very much to do with the all-inclusive Christ, with the body of Christ, and with the kingdom of God. This is why God called us, and this is why God saved us. How blessed it is to be enlightened to realize the goal, the aim, the purpose of God's full salvation in Christ.
1: Thank you, Ron, for your fellowship today. I enjoyed it very much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia, and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his life study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witness Lee speaking in just 26 minutes. But to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there, you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.